Right, if you have a Bible, you can turn it, please. We're having another break from going through the Gospel of Mark. But you can turn it to 2 Timothy and chapter 3 from verse 10 onwards. If you haven't, don't worry. We've got the words on the screen for you. But if you have got a Bible, then it's 2 Timothy 3 from verse 10. Timothy's towards the end of the New Testament at the back. I guess if you if you've got a different language Bible, it might be towards the front. Uh, but uh, if it is an English Bible, it's towards the back. Oh, I've put one to fifteen there. No, ten to fifteen. Yes. Okay. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. The persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving deceiving and being deceived. Okay, and it's this next bit that I want us to concentrate on this morning. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy... You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. I just want to pray for us before we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence with us as was uh, prayed with us. It's amazing that you're here with us. It's amazing you are here with us. And you're here with us as we hear your word and ask, would you speak to us? And would we leave knowing that your word changes us because your spirit is amongst us? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Right, just a bit of scene setting first before we get into this. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul has written to his friend named Timothy. Paul's been traveling around mainly the Mediterranean area, kind of Greece, uh, parts of Turkey, um, telling people about Jesus and starting churches. And Timothy has been one of the guys that has been with him through some of that. And now Paul is writing to Timothy. He's writing this letter to Timothy. And uh, seeing, as, seeing as it's baby thanksgivings this morning, I just wanted us to look at this passage and to see what we can learn about godly parenting from it. You know, we don't really talk too much about parenting in Jubilee, but I feel like I wanted to kind of focus us on it today. Um, perhaps, perhaps you're thinking here, I don't need to look at the Bible to work out parenting. Why would I need to do that? I look to TV programs, perhaps Super Nanny. Uh, I, I look to... I, I, <laughs> I look to professionals like Gina Ford or 
some other parenting expert. I look to my own experience to work out what to do. Well, I would ask you, please be open during this time. Be open to the fact that a letter written almost 2,000 years ago speaks wisdom to us today. Or perhaps you're not a parent, or perhaps your children have long grown up. Well, as Raj was saying earlier, we are not, the, the church is not meant to be closed units of parenting. We are the family of God together. And so this is applicable to more than simply parents. And I think there are principles within here that go much wider than children. And let's face it, we were all children once, weren't we? Even Mike. (laughs) We were all children once. And so I think there's a few things that we can draw out of this passage to help us to see how God intends children to learn and grow. I believe this is applicable to us all, actually, not simply to parents. I think it can help us in um, who they're to learn from. I think it can help us how they're to learn and what they are to learn. But first, though, I think think it's good to recognise that um, anything that involves humans can be hard. You know, I, I know teachers, and I'm just kind of eyeing a few teachers around the room, and people who work in schools who said it would be it would be easy. It's e- teaching is easy. It's just the kids that are the problem. Or bus drivers. I can't see if Craig's here or not. Is he out? Craig out? Uh, present company accepted in Craig. Bus drivers who will say, it's easy. But um, it, it's having to stop and pick up passengers that makes it a problem. Well, the church, being part of the church is fine. It's just everyone else that causes me problems. No relationships are not always easy. Perhaps you're a husband or a wife or an aunt or an uncle or uh, a grandparent, a parent. C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, uh, who wrote the Narnia books, said, uh, he said, you know, to, to love... Um, to love is to be vulnerable. And uh, if you're going to love, if you love anything in life, actually, you will be vulnerable and it will make your, it will make your heart be vulnerable and, and possibly even broken in it. Um, there's, he says there's a sure way of, doing, of keeping out of that and that's just not to love. That's just to give it, don't give your heart to anyone and then that's a sure way of keeping out of it. But he says that's a, that's a dreadful alternative to love. See, love can mean relationships can be painful at times. But actually the alternative, says C.S. Lewis, the alternative in the end is a lot worse. You know, I can imagine if you are human, if you are involved in any kind of relationship, friendships, parenting... Families, you know this to be true. They can be painful. Perhaps you're, you're a parent here and actually talking about parenting can be difficult. Perhaps your parents are in a, your home nation. Perhaps they're not in the UK. 
Perhaps right now they're not walking with God. Perhaps right now you're just finding parenting hard. Well, actually, God knows and he cares. And uh, he wants to encourage you about your children today. And he wants to encourage you in that high-privileged role of loving your children. So, let's have a look at this passage. The first point, who they are to learn from. It says, Paul says, continue, uh, continue in what you have learnt and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learnt it. So who's Paul talking about? Well, he's talking about himself. He'd spent lots of time with Timothy. He's been training Timothy. And earlier in the letter, actually, he calls him, my dear son. But he's also talking about Timothy's grandmother and Timothy's mother. And we know this because, um, mentioned earlier in the, in the letter, this is 2 Timothy 1, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded lives now in you also. So one of the reasons to continue in the way that he's learned to live is because of his grandmother and his mother. See, the Christian faith isn't something that's just taught. Look, here's some teaching, here's some truth. Right, here you go. Take that. No, no, there was something, there was something in the way he knew the people who told it to him that affected how he was to live. They, they modelled something to him. You know, the Christian life is so much about modelling something to others. Children will watch you. It's true. You can see it in the games that they play. You kind of will watch them and think, why are they doing that? Oh, oh now I see, because so-and-so does that. They're just copying, or, or I do that. Oh, I realise that's why they're doing that. It can be good things. It can be bad things. If a child has ever experienced your driving, and then you see them playing out your driving, you will get a surprise, perhaps. If you've got some interesting driving skills, and you'll see your children copying them with cars or pretending, it can be an eye-opener. Why are they crashing into things all the time? Listen, if you're a parent, and I speak to myself too here, your children need to get to know you. Make sure they can do that. That doesn't just mean just being around. Actually, it means make sure they can connect with you and know you. Some 10, 11 years ago, I worked in a local authority in County Durham. And uh, one of the senior managers within the council at the time, um, he felt it was very important that relationally he kept his distance from staff. Because, as he said, familiarity breeds contempt. In other words, I don't want people to know me. I don't want people to be too close to me because they'll know the good things, they'll know the bad things, and they'll stop fearing me. And if they stop fearing me, they won't do what I say. 
And I know this just isn't an English cultural thing. I can imagine this is very true whatever background or culture you are from. You can find this being the case. But Christianity is meant to be utterly different to that. Christian parenting is meant to be utterly different to that. It's about children knowing parents, seeing they're human, seeing that they can be wrong sometimes, seeing that they're not perfect, but that they know someone who is perfect. They know that Jesus is. And they can point their children to him. See, we can be busy. But make sure your children get to know you in your busyness. Bobby, Vicky, you know, you... The calling God has given you in your ministry stuff is amazing. But in all its busyness, make sure the kids know you. Make sure they know you. Chris and Rachel, and what God's called you to in South Bank, and all that you're doing, make sure first and foremost those kids know you. That they know mum and dad. But I think there's application for all of us there. You know, if if living with one another is vital to the Christian life, people will be looking at you. (laughs) I don't say that to scare you. I don't say that to threaten you into good behaviour. But people will be looking at you. You can model what it means to follow Jesus. I'm not talking about behaving right and being a good person as such. But you can model what it means to live for Jesus when life is hard. To put your trust in him. You can model these things. What an encouragement and a motivation it is. See, a vital part of our growth together in God is working things out in community. The two are linked, growing in God and community. That's how God's made it to be because that's how God is with us. He draws us in to relationship, to know him. So, from who you learn, and secondly, how you're to learn. You know, he's, Timothy has known and seen the life, the faith of his mother, possibly his grandmother, and they've taught him, this pas- uh, they've taught him what this passage says, are the holy scriptures... So he's not just seen lives, he's not just seen something modelled to him. He's been taught the Jewish scriptures. Do you know, there's, there's pressure on kids, isn't there? To be involved and taking on all sorts of things. M- more maths, more literacy, uh, an instrument, uh, a sports thing. Uh, you know, the pressure is, is intense. And I'm not knocking these types of things. But above all... Teach them the great adventure of the Bible. Draw them into the great drama of God. Or else they'll be taught something else about it. Else they'll be taught, do you know it's not true? Do you know it's just about a hateful God who hates people and hates life and hates fun? Or they'll be taught, well, it's not true, but there's a few good moral stories in there that will help them be a better person. 
but it's just one of many religious books that can help them out. No, that's not the message of the Bible. It's not it's simply a a self-help guide. It's the story of how God, the creator of all things, has displayed his love and his goodness in rescuing us and rescuing creation. And how even in 21st century Teesside, you and I get caught up in that and get to be part of that. It's something for them to delight in. Whether you're a parent here or not, it's something the Bible is for you to delight in. It's to help you know God more. Not, you know, God hasn't just left you to fumble around. I don't know what to do in this Christian life. No, no, no. His word is for you. God has spoken. We have his words. And uh, parents, don't, don't leave it up to children's workers. Whilst we talk about being a family together and learning together and almost parenting together, don't leave teaching your kids faith to the, par- to the kids' workers. As wonderful as they are, as faithful as they are, don't do it. In our Western culture, we've become very good at outsourcing things, haven't we? You know, my car needs a service, perhaps. I take it to the garage. They'll do it. They're professionals. My house needs cleaning. I'll get a cleaner in. They'll do it for me. I haven't got time. Jodie's getting a bit excited here. She's thinking, oh, can we get a cleaner? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or or whatever it might be. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that's what we do, isn't it? We find it. I can't do this. I'll find a professional. They'll come in and do it for me. And there's all sorts of examples there. It's not wrong, it's just what we do. Listen, don't outsource your kids when it comes to their walk with God. There's a wonderful wonderful story in the Old Testament um, where it's in Deuteronomy and... uh, uh, and, uh, God is telling the Israelite people the type of people he wants them to be. And uh, he says, you know, I don't want your children to forget who they are and uh, their heritage. And so I want you to um, teach your children, it says. He says, says, I want you to uh, teach them when you're talking to them. Teach them when they're sat at home. Teach them when they're walking on the road. I want you to teach them when they're in bed and when they wake up. It's a wonderful picture of all of life, not simply for this time on a Sunday morning. No, no, it's about, no, no, I want, you to, I want you to invest in your children in all of life and take every opportunity that there is. Bobby, Vicky, Chris, Rachel, raise your kids to know and love the Bible, not to be more cl- clever and simply know more stuff, but to know God more, to love Jesus more through it. Which, which brings me on to my final point, actually. And we're going to wrap up on this final point. See, the end point for Timothy was... It, the end point for Timothy wasn't that he was raised um, to be a more rounded person. It wasn't that he was raised to be more clever. It wasn't... The end point wasn't that he would be a better member of society... Actually, there was something more to his learning. 
See, the basis for Timothy's faith wasn't meant to be uh, in the things that he did or in the information that he knew. You know, this, this, goes, this goes to the heart of the Christian message. See, we can, we can take a book like the Bible and we can, we can kind of say, well, well it, it's just about telling me how to behave. It, it tells me, I'll use it to tell me the things I do and that I don't do. And uh, I'll do that and then hopefully, maybe, fingers crossed, God will, will accept me. God will love me. God will be happy with me. Or we take it and we say, well, what are the acts of, of outward obedience that I have to do? To ensure that God will accept me, what is it? Is it is it reading it every day? Is it is it making sure I go to church every week? Is it um, is it being kind in all situations? What is it? Well, we say right, okay, I'll do this, God, but then you have to do your bit. You have to give me the good life I expect. You have to give me the things I want, the nice husband, the lovely wife, uh, the, the the big car, the the, the things I want, the, the satisfactory life. No, that's not the message of the Bible. It is not here to make us wise in the things that we have to do to earn God's acceptance. Neither are we meant to base our faith on the fact that our family are Christians. You know, Timothy had wonderful examples. But he wasn't to think, well, well, they're, they're Christians, so I am too, that must mean. I guess I must be. Um, you know, we can think that too, can't we, in our culture? Or we can think, well, I live in England, well, I, I must be a Christian then. I was born here, or, or I've moved here, and I live here now, I must be. What was it? What was it that Timothy was meant to base his base his life on? It was salvation that comes through faith in Christ Jesus. Let's just unpack that just for a minute. What does it mean by salvation? Actually, the Bible says that we all do things and we all think things that are wrong. It separated us from God. He is pure, perfect, good. And we're not. And the Bible has a name for those attitudes, those behaviours, those thoughts. Actually, it calls it sin. And there is no place for that before a pure, perfect and holy God. And the Bible says we need saving from the consequences of that sin. And, you know, we try various ways to do that. But those various ways just don't work. We can ignore it. We can ignore sin. It's not that important. We can ignore God. I don't care. It doesn't exist. We can say, well, but my parents, my parents are Christians, so I'll be okay. Or, well, I live in England, so I don't need to worry because we're all saved, aren't we, if we live in England? Or we try to deal with it ourselves and we try to rebalance things out by doing good things. If I can learn the things to do, like I was saying, and and rebalance it out against the bad stuff, hey, maybe I'll be okay. But these things will not sort out our mess in our sin. 
the answer is to find salvation through faith in Jesus. How does that work? Well, actually, we find in Jesus, we find that there was one who lived a perfect life. There was one who never sinned. There was one who, although never sinned, died on a cross to pay for the sin of the world, to deal with the punishment that we deserved so that we wouldn't have to. That is what Jesus did. And when we trust in him, we're saying, do you know, I'm going to believe that you did that for me and I'm going to receive that gift of life. My imperfect life for your perfect life. That's when we find salvation. You know, don't teach your children that all they need to do is behave better, do some outward acts of obedience, simply just try to be a bit better in life. Now they need to know that at the cross, God was doing the very thing that we could not do, that I could not do, that you could not do, that children could not do. And that through faith, we now receive that as a gift. See, this is the greatest rescue story you will ever hear. That we who've been separated from God are brought back to God. We who were far off are brought back to God, near him through trusting in Jesus. I want us to pray, and then we're going to sing another song, and then we're going to end. But as we come before God... Let's come before him in prayer. Perhaps, perhaps you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. However, today you just know that you just know he's calling to you. You just know that you need to receive that gift of new life, of forgiveness of his perfect life, you need to receive that today. Well, you can do that, and I'm going to... I'm just going to pray a prayer, and you can echo it in your heart. But I also want to pray for parents as well. I want to pray for us all here at Jubilee. Perhaps if, if you know you're not a Christian, and you, you want to make a response this morning... Perhaps just echo this in your, in your heart. Father, I thank you that though I have turned my back on you, though I have done everything to walk away from you, you haven't given up on me. <laughs> and at the cross, you sent your son Jesus. to rescue me and to pay for all that sin. And I receive that new life. I receive that forgiveness. And I choose to follow you with my life. Help me. Send your Holy Spirit to help me as I do that. And... uh, Lord, I want to pray for Jubilee. I want to pray, help us 
Help us to show, display, talk, declare the love of God in Christ to those around us. Help us to know it deeper, fresh today, but also to share it, to display it to those around us, whether it be children, whether it be our neighbours, whether it be our work colleagues. Help us not to show some kind of uh, uh, religious, this is, these are the things you need to do for God to accept you, but to clearly show that the way of salvation is through faith in Christ, a free gift given to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please help us. I pray for parents. Please help us in all that you've uh, called us to do and uh, in all the difficulties and the joys of parenting and for these uh, wonderful children we've been able to celebrate this morning in uh, these two families as well. Thank you for them. And as the band come up, uh, I want us to sing again just one final song. But I would encourage you, perhaps if you did uh, if you if you know this morning, I need to make a I need to make a response. I need to do something, take a step towards what it means to follow Jesus. Perhaps you're not even thinking, oh, "Hey, I'm not there yet, but I want to know more." I'd really encourage you. This Why Jesus booklet you can get on the welcome table is a great resource, um, and I'd encourage you to take one of those. They're free. Read it. Consider coming on our Alpha course in June in Stockton on a Thursday night. I, I guarantee you'll have a, a great time. There will be food there. You know, so there will be, maybe not chili, but there'll be food. And uh, you'll get to uh, be able to hear more about who Jesus is. Uh, and you'll be able to talk it out as well with, with friends and, and people there. But let's stand and let's worship together Jesus. Your word.